Welcome to the Fuji X Australia podcast. Brought to you by the Fuji X Aus Facebook group. Now here's your host, Joe Jong. Woohoo! First episode, guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in uh, to uh, the very first episode of uh, what's going to become the official Fuji X Aus Community podcast. So we've got uh, some uh, like a, an interesting um, episode for you guys. And uh, with me, I've also got Ian Tan, our Melbourne admin. Hey, everyone. Hey, Joe. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. It's first episode, man. I mean, exciting times, isn't it, for the group? Yeah, I'm stoked, man. It's fantastic. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, this has always been something that, that's been in the back of my mind that I wanted to do for, for a very long time. But obviously, you know, with, with the group just still starting off, it's still fresh. You know, it, it made sense to kind of wait until we start building up a bit of an audience. Uh, but now we're, we're, we're about 30, 30 members shy from hitting the 1500 mark. So All right. it's come a long way. Yeah, it has. Fantastic. So what we're gonna, uh, you know, how this podcast is really gonna be structured is, it, it's more of a very lighthearted, uh, conversational podcast. We're gonna try and, you know, uh, include things such as, you know, interviews with various members of, of the community. We're gonna try and talk about tips and tricks, uh, you know, both, you know, on, on camera as well as off camera. We're gonna try and, and discuss about, you know, photography topics in general, specifically more so around things such as, you know, uh, how to uh, shoot a particular genre, whether it be a portrait, streets, uh, or astrophotography and things like that. So, you know, it, it's it's gonna be like, like most things, it's gonna, you know, have, have its moments, it's gonna have some teething problems, gonna have some technical issues. So please bear with us uh, as we find our feet and get into the groove. And hopefully, you know, with, with uh, more of these uh, episodes that we release, you know, we'll find our rhythm and it'll become a little bit more structured. Um, but yeah, so, you know, what we're gonna probably talk about today is we're gonna touch on tips, go from there. So I guess before we get started, I mean, I, I guess most of you guys would, uh, would like to hear about or know uh, how the group got started, eh? Yeah, for me, uh, I, I already know a little bit about the history, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure some of the, particularly the new members would uh, be kind of curious as to uh, the origins of the Fuji XOS group. And in particular, some, yeah. some of them may have seen the, uh, the old Chuck Norris things going around as well and going, what's, <laughs> what's the deal with that? <laughs> it's probably confusing people and they're actually taking it literally and uh yeah so, so we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to uh put uh, something out of the misery and, and and really explain that whole chuck norris thing and how that came about you know something that started just you know the, out of nowhere really it wasn't planned there was no plan for it um it started off with me and antonio who's the uh, lone wolf or, or silent partner as some like to refer to him as um you know two of us were both you know two fuji users looking for a community where we can kind of ask questions. And, uh, you know, what we found was was quite lacking in, in, in the uh, community space around uh, around this. So we wanted to, you know, kind of start our own. So, you know, we went, uh, started a group, you know, initially had two members, him and I, and I honestly did not uh, take it seriously. And I thought maybe by, you know, the 10 member mark, it would probably flop after that. And people will start leaving <laughs> thinking, you know, this is crap. There's only 10 people in this community. Whereas others out there are like, you know, um, you know, 50,000 members, some even more. So, um, yeah, I, I really did not take it too seriously, to be honest. And I was about to leave myself after the second day, to be honest. So eventually I thought, look, I'll, I'll see where it takes us. And, uh, you know, you slipped on it. And wake up in the morning at 10 you know, uh, member requests. I thought, oh, that's a good start. A couple of uh, days down the track, you know, that then became uh, 50. So I was like, wow, you know, this is actually taking off. And um, I thought, okay, I'm going to give myself a cutoff and no way it's going to hit the 100 mark. And eventually did. Well, you know, when it was getting close to that, I actually um, made fun and said, look, let's, let's create a milestone event for the 100 member <laughs> mark because that's a big milestone. And, uh, you know, to, to my surprise, uh, Fujifilm Australia and DigiDirect were very supportive of that. And they, uh, they both um, donated a $100 voucher to, to DigiDirect to use at DigiDirect. So I thought that was, um, you know, really, really a really cool gesture. And, you know, uh, to commemorate that, they, you know, 100, 100 members, $100 vouchers. So yeah, it was good. And then after that point, it pretty much just skyrocketed. It, it, it could have been that word got out 
that this group was giving all $100 vouchers and everyone just thought, okay, we're, we're all jumping on board. So I've probably started off as that. No, nothing, nothing like free money to, to get the membership rolling in. <laughs> exactly. You, know, you hear about freebies and stuff, but you know, who's going to say no to money, right? So, uh, you know, after that, that little milestone event, it just pretty much skyrocketed. It became 120, 150, 200. So, so and, was that, was that the point that, that you, you thought, Hey, I might, I might have, I might be onto something big here. Yeah, that, that was pretty much the starting point. I think once you hit that hundred uh, member milestone, that was pretty much a turning point for me. And that's when I figured, okay, you know, th- this can be something big. It can be something very useful. There is a high demand for it. There's a niche. There's no other communities like ours that, that offered this, um, you know, supportive nature, you know, for, for, yeah. for, for the members. And, you know, once it became, once it hit that 500 member mark, you know, I'm, that's when I knew I'm like straight away, I'm like, okay, you know, there's definitely a big Fiji-based uh, community out there. And, you know, it just kept on growing. And then when we hit that uh, 1000 member mark, you know, we did another milestone and giveaway um, and it's still growing um, to this mm. day. So, you know, in, in a little space of about, you know, a little over two years, um, we've gone from a user base of two people to um, just under... 1500 and and it's you know, constantly growing every day so yeah it's it's definitely yeah, it come a long way and who would have thought right <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean I, for, for me i i'm i've been really you know re- really stoked that that i'm part of the group and 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 just involved i wasn't there in, in your original 10 or even even your original 50 members but what what i did notice straight away when i joined the group was just the the, the great culture in it just how it was it was a really positive atmosphere um the people were friendly you know you don't you don't get all that sarcastic um cynical comments that 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 kind of put you down which which was which which i think is what you were talking about earlier what what really sets our group apart from from other uh photography groups particularly here in australia so to to, to me i mean you you get as much as you you put into the group so you know the, the more you contribute the more active and the more you participate i i think for me anyway the, the more i got out of it so i'm i'm really Thankful to, to you and Antonio for following on that impulse and then just gradually just working hard at and chasing that dream. Uh, it, for me, it's been a, a really positive influence in my life. Oh, that's that, that's great, and, and that's you know you know what what the group pretty much eventually uh, you know evolved to be, and, and that's the, uh, the the mantra of it all. And you know, I'm, I'm not going to be swayed from that. So it's all about building a, a, a community of other passionate and like-minded individuals, you know, coming together, building you know a friendship, talking about you know Fuji film-related products, uh, photography in general, and you know the vibe that we get now in in our uh, group discussions is it's really. Uh, helpful for for some users. It's also great uh, insight into you know their workflows. So it, it's a combination of everything rolled up into one. And you know just touching on what you mentioned earlier about some of the other communities out there or, or Fuji, sorry, um, you know uh, Fuji X groups or, or you know other social media groups out there. You know a lot of them. You know what, what I was part of. You know I was a member of. Um, but I found that they became a dumping ground for you know unboxing photos and <laughs> um, very yeah like you're saying very, very uh, nasty trolling comments on, on people when they're kind of asking for constructive criticism and you know, that's something that we don't tolerate in, in our group so yeah, we do monitor the group uh, very very closely we've got moderators now um, as well as the admins and myself you know we, we monitor that um, you know the, the, the channel uh, very very closely and when we have zero tolerance for those kind of things so um, but yeah and I think from that it, it's kind of helped pave the way to kind of bring down the walls for, for those who are shy to, to ask questions, to now be more confident uh, and, and come out and, and, and ask some questions around, you know, lens recommendations and things like that. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's really good. I'm, you know, I'm really uh, happy with, with the direction that the that the group is going and with the ongoing support from, you know, the various retailers and, and Fujifilm Australia, uh, especially uh, them, you know, big shout out to, to Lee Diprose for you know, the continual support that he's provided, you know, since day dot. And I'm talking about, you know, two years ago when, when the group kind of started. So, um, you know, for, for him to kind of stick around, the same with uh, Mark from DigiDirects. And, you know, there's a lot of support there. So it's just going to continue, uh, continuously grow. Um, I'm reaching out to some other vendors uh, out there, some suppliers. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, over the, the, the course of the next couple of episodes, uh, we'll be able to kind of mention them by name and, uh, you know, discuss about, you know, what, what they bring, you know, what they offer in, in form of support and, 
um, and kind of go from there. So, yeah, so that's the group in general and, and how we kind of all started. I mean, I've been using Fuji well, since I started that group uh, roughly you know, a bit over two years now and uh, gone through every single one of uh, the Fuji bodies and was uh, fortunate, fortunate to be part of some uh, pre-public, uh, you know, launches. So I was one of the first to use the X-T2 um, get a glimpse of that before that got released. So that's uh, really exciting. Uh, same with the X-Pro. You should too. have done an unboxing video, man. <laughs> an unboxing video. <laughs> nah, the aim is to actually attract members in, not to, uh, not to make members quit. But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so that's the group. And, uh, you know, if, if you guys have any other questions around that, please, by all means, uh, you know, reach out to, to myself or, or Antonio. Happy to give you a little bit of a bit more detail spill into, you know, um, into that. If you guys are listening to this, uh, if you guys can download the Anchor app, the anchor.fm app, you can get it from the uh, Android uh, Play Store as well as the iTunes um, Play Store, uh, iTunes Store as well. Uh, it's free. You can just download it and just do a quick search for Fuji X Oz. Uh, podcast and that should come up uh, add it to your favorites and the reason why I, I i probably would recommend that over some of the other podcast apps out there is because the anchor fm app has uh, a feature called uh, voice message so something that i'm going to be driving quite heavily is uh, you know for our community to record and send us some of their voice messages and they give me anything from maybe a simple feedback some suggestions some um you know ideas uh, or even questions. So if you guys have a question that you'd like to ask, you know, pop it in in the form of a uh, voice message. We'll actually play that at the start of each episode and we'll uh, kind of have like a Q&A section where we'll answer some of these uh, these questions that uh, that you guys may have. So, yeah, so if you can, download uh, the anchor.fm app. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, start the next segment. Welcome back. Uh, if you guys have just joined us, uh, we were just talking about the uh, humble beginnings of the group and, and how it all started. Um, but yeah, so if you missed out uh, on that last segment, if you guys can download the anchor.fm app, um, that'll be great. And just do a quick search for Fuji X Oz podcast. All right. So what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about the, the, the recent event that uh, the Melbourne group went to, and that is the glamping event. It, it, it was an exciting, exciting time, but one that we were subjected to one of the worst shooting conditions. But, you know, in, in, in all honesty, it just pretty much, um, you know, proved how, you know, weather resistant that the, the Fuji cameras and, and lenses were. So I guess you want to start us off and, and just talk about the glamping um, event, Ian? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, for those of you who don't know, the, the word glamping is actually a, a combination of the word camping and the word glamorous, I guess, because it's it's basically uh, camping where you go to the site and, and everything's already set up for you. The, the tents are set up for you. And inside the tents, you know, there's a queen bed with all the linen. They, they had all the mod cons, you know, they, they had coffee, tea, a kettle. They had a little heater and lots of pretty lights all, all around the place. So just basically all you have to do is just move in, stay, relax, have fun. We we actually stayed at, at, at a site run by a guy named Randall who, who runs the sheltered glamping co on Phillip Island. We were put on to, to this guy uh, by one of our members, Dale Rogers, who's a really well-known photographer around the traps in Phillip Island. So I, I decided to pull together a, a little event, see who was interested to go and uh, shoot some uh, sunset beaches, uh, uh, scenes on the beaches there, and, and also to do a spot of uh, astrophotography uh, while we're out there. But as you say, Joe, uh, the uh, weather didn't exactly cooperate. I mean, you can plan <laughs> and you can prepare and you can do it's, all your research, but it, it was crazy. So, you know, to all those people who were very precious of their gear and, and you know, not uh, subjected to a little bit of a light drizzle, trust me when I say that my XT2 and my 5100, <laughs> uh, sorry, 5140 was drenched from head to toe. It, it, it was pretty much submerged under water, to be honest, as well as sand. So I did a commando crawl uh, in the sand with it. And, and I'll explain a little bit later why I actually did a commando crawl with that in hand. But yeah, the, the Norris, clamping, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, 
you know, with, with the whole glamping experience and, and as Ian touched on, you know, it, it's just think of it as a very luxurious camping experience is probably the best way to put it. So, you know, despite the weather. But, yeah, so we, we went uh, up to Phillip Island. Uh, Ian and I went up on the Friday, you know, just to kind of set up camp and uh, get a few shots in uh, before the others arrived. And, you know, that that first night was, was really nice. Uh, the, the skies were clear and, and mm. we were – really fortunate to to catch us some some astro and um that's when we used the the new uh Laua nine mil and i know a lot of people in the community were, were really uh, asking for for some feedback and some some sample images of of how the Laua you know, would, would fare amongst you know your your samyang 12 mils in in astro and i must say i mean some some of the images that that i've seen and rena's already posted uh, some of hers is Pretty damn good. I mean, I, yeah. I can't fault it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think amongst the the Astro shooters, the Samyang 12 mil is pretty much a, a mainstay in their arsenal. And um, I actually think that the the Lawa will, will have its its uh, fair share of um, of advocates. Um, it's for one thing, it's 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 the widest lens you can get short of a fisheye, and uh, the you know it's it's a fast lens. Um, it's yeah. it's it's tack sharp. It's 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 a really sharp lens. Um, yeah. And, and it's, you know, people got to understand that, you know, this is nine mil. So the next one down, the eight mil is, is pretty much a fisheye. So to get something at, at ultra wide angle, um, you know, w- without it being a fisheye, I guess, is, is pretty much a feat on its own. So, you know, that's something that um, people need to be, be conscious of. And, you know, people say, yeah, it's a little bit soft on the edges. But, look, you know, once you uh, stop it down to about F8, F11, you know, it's, it, it's quite sharp. Uh, and, and you won't really notice unless you start pixel peeping and things like that. He has his fair share of distortion. Yes, fair enough. I mean, that's to ex- you know, be expected for for such a wide angle lens. Although, mind you, if if you keep the plane of of your sensor level with the horizon and 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 flat and all that, there actually is very little distortion. It's only when you when you start tilting. Very- that is a very good point. So, you know, for, for those people who, who are quite critical with, um, you know, around the distortion of it, that's something that, it, I mean, you can pretty much call this a tip. Whenever you're shooting anything that's wide angle, especially landscapes and things like that, you must keep the um, the level planes level, basically, with, with the horizon. Because if you put it on a, you know, on a tripod and you're on a hill on an angle, things will look distorted. Um, you know, a, a couple of my shots where... I wanted to take a picture of the tent as well as the sky, uh, because we were on a slope. The tent looked like it was warped, um, and and that's not you know not, not really a fault of the of the lens. It's just the way it is. So, whereas if I once I leveled it and adjusted, I took it off the tripod and I held it um, in like at level, that that went away. So that's definitely I think something that people need to be mindful of is is when you're you know mounted on a tripod and you're on a slant or something like that just try and keep a level with the horizon otherwise you know things on the very extreme edges will look a little bit um distorted but otherwise the images turned out great i mean you, you mm. couldn't even really tell if it was um, taken with um you know the nine mil lower or, or you know some of the other faster um one angle primes so you know, I think you know for for, for the value um, and performance ratio, it's pretty damn good. It's something that it's very hard to pass up, uh, considering the price range. It's you know, small. I mean, I did a review on it, yeah. uh, first impressions review on it. It's tiny. It is as tiny. It basically looks like a toy. Um, you can't even take it seriously. <laughs> and the images that come out of that is is bloody amazing. So you know, for for me as someone who's conscious about um, you know obviously price, but also you want the best value for it. This is probably by far one of my my, my favorite wide angle lenses, and and I've used the um, and I've owned the 14 mil Fujinon 14 mil f2.8. Um, I've used the Samyang 12 mil uh, f2. I've also used the Fuji's 10 to 24. And I don't know, this lower 9 mil is is pretty much set set the bar quite high. So yeah. until Fuji comes up with something similar, um, I'll be always reaching for that when doing one angle shots. Yeah, and if you find that you just want the absolute widest focal length possible, uh, this is the only choice. Um, and it's a good choice. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough on the lower. I mean, the, the whole glamping experience was was, was awesome. Yeah. What, and, what, what sort of images uh, did you did you take while you were there? I, I noticed. I, 
I was fortunate. I don't know if, if, if the community was aware, but um, we had uh, Fiji Film Australia send me the GFX <gasps> during that glamping trip. Mm-hmm. So, so I had a bit of uh, playtime with the GFX, and I, I consider myself lucky given the the, the high demand and uh, obviously the price. Of, of that, um, in, you know, it's not something that you would expect. You know, camera companies to send their flagship camera of this kind of value, your average Joe's, but you know, eventually yeah, I did get my hands on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and and it was great. I mean, one, one of the things that I love about it is when you take a shot and you crop in 100%, it's, wow, I was blown away. Like some of the shots, yeah, some of the shots I'm talking about, like, you know, taking a shot, a photo of a wallaby that's like, you know, really quite far away and uh, zooming in to 100%, it's like tack sharp. And, and that's what I love about it. And yeah, I, I, it, I, I did have a little, you let, you let, you, you let me have a little bit, bit of a play with it. And, 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 and uh, yeah, I was, it was very hard for me to give it back to you. I mean, the thing that really. Oh, no, I have to pry, I have to pry it out of your hands. <laughs> you have to threaten me with a roundhouse kick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, but the thing but, I, I really loved about it was just the, the, the colors. Um, I mean, we. Oh, I, I, I already love the, the 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 Fuji colors that come out of the XT2 and the XH1s, but but um, you know, with with the the GFX, the the colors just um, you know they 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 just pop. Like I was telling you, like I was looking at the the image on the back of the screen and saying, I don't need to you know do any post processing on on, on it at all. It it looks perfect mm. the way it is. Um, yeah. Which, which is saying something yeah. since, since, you know, my philosophy is always I need to post-process my images. But, uh, but, but the GFX, uh, there, there's something about the color, you know, the, mm. the, the way the processor, um, you know, processes it. And it, it, might, it might be due to the, you know, additional bit depth of, of, of the sensor or whatever yeah. magic, Fuji magic they put into it. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the color, the gradations, the skin tones, just amazing yeah. out of this world. And, and, and I did uh, use it to, to try to capture a, a few Astro. But, you know, by the time I pulled that out and kind of set it all up, you know, the clouds was pretty much uh, upon us. So it covered up all the, all the stars, unfortunately. But I did manage to get a few... You know, a few snaps here and there of, of the stars and the Milky Way, and well, you know, it's you know, it's what what to be expected from a medium format. It's you know, the dynamic range is there. I, mean, I don't need to blab on about that. Everyone knows, you know, how how good that is. It's it's great. So I, I can see Astro, you know, photographers um, picking that up and, and and using a medium format. No, no. You know, whether they're willing to pay the price for it, I don't know because the XC2 is just as uh, a capable camera as the GFX, but. You know, for, for those people making money out of the photography, I think that's uh, where the GFX is kind of aimed towards. I mean, is that something that I will buy if, you know, if money wasn't an issue? Probably not, because um, I feel that the GFX is something that still, you know, at the end of the day is made to live on a tripod in a studio environment, even though, you know, it comes with the whole weather ceiling and, and things like that, which, by the way, I have something to admit. When we went out to do our hike, I left the battery back at camp. <laughs> I, 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 I think I think I think there was a uh, there was a serendipitous moment. It was it was probably meant to be, given what you. Went I, I, I think so. I think you were right. So for for those who who have done something similar, you're not alone, and it just proves that you're human. <laughs> even Chuck um, Norris so does I, it. <laughs> even Chuck Norris does it. So I, I left that battery charging back at camp, uh, thinking that it was actually already in the camera, and uh, when we went out for a hike, I went to turn it on, and he wasn't. And realized the battery wasn't in. So back in the backpack, it went for pretty much the remainder of the hike. And out came the trusty X-T2 with the 5140. And by that time, that the weather, I mean, the skies already opened up. And uh, although I would have really liked to put the GFX uh, through its paces, uh, especially around the whole weather ceiling of it, it didn't make sense to carry a camera and not be able to take any photos with it. So uh, put that back in the bag and uh, away that went. Yeah. So but what you said, though, it's, it's in hindsight, it's probably a good thing that I didn't bring the battery because... Yeah, we were we were assailed by you know rain, um, sea spray, 
Um, there was probably 100 kilometer winds. I don't know. Probably wasn't that fast, but it felt that fast to me because I'm not that. Oh, big. It was 50 k's. 50 k's. Actually 50K winds. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah. I was walking sideways. You could you. Um, I think Andrew yeah. Andrew Neil posted a photo. You can see the water drop droplets were literally going sideways. Yeah, yeah, it's actually horizontal. So, so the raindrops aren't vertical; they're actually <laughs> horizontal. And then there was a section on the beach, wasn't there? That you know, it's kind of weird when when we looked at Dale, our, our tour guide, and he he said, and I quote, "We need to time our run." <laughs> now, I, I don't know about you, but I raised an eyebrow, and uh, I was looking at the others, and I'm thinking, "What yeah, is the I, I reckon, I reckon he set us up for that. He he, he knew, <laughs> he knew. <laughs> I, I think he did too, because he, he he did say he was wearing waterproof shoes so <laughs> it, it didn't it didn't occur to me until he said that and then that's when i realized okay so when we when he pointed it um you know in front of him he says okay we need to run roughly about 40 meters and we need to time our run with the waves so then when we looked out and like oh my god the waves actually come right up to the edge and oh i don't know how we're gonna do it because remember remember we were all carrying backpacks mm. we were all in you know some of us even had tripods we were yeah. wearing you know big heavy boots with layers and layers of clothing yeah because so it was cold we i mean it was it was really cold yeah so we weren't made for sprinting i can tell you that yeah <laughs> I mean, I think some of us were probably uh, overestimating just some of the the types of shooting we were going to do. I mean, thinking we would yeah. you know, get out our filter kids, be able to just set up the tripod, have a nice yeah. contemplative time of landscape photography, you know, mm. sunsets. But, but no, it was, a, <laughs> it, it was a bit more like boot camp. <laughs> it was almost like a gauntlet, running through a gauntlet, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's and it. That that first obstacle was, was timing the run with the waves and... Uh, you know, this is where I think, in hindsight, I was fortunate to to have not brought the battery off for the GFX because that would have copped a big beating. I, I, I timed my run, I ran, and I knew that I wasn't going to make it. And when the waves came, you know, back up to the edge, I looked for the, you know, one of the uh, sandbed edges and just lunged on it. And because of the weight of the backpack, which housed the GFX, it, <laughs> it pushed me down and back into the water. And I was scrambling to get away from the waves. So I was basically <laughs> commando crawling with my XT2 and 5140 in hand in the sand. So it, it was, I wasn't even conscious that I was, you know, holding my, 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 my camera at the time. I was just trying to get out of the, the water. And I thought everyone else was doing the same. So when I looked behind me, every single one of you guys had water up to knee height. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was one of the uh, the few who thought ahead and, and, you know, I was wearing those waterproof boots. But the, the, the good thing about waterproof boots is they're waterproof. But the bad thing with waterproof boots is also that they're waterproof because the, <laughs> the, the the water came over and, you know, some went inside my boots. And for the whole hike, I had this warm, sloshy feeling in between my toes <laughs> the whole time. So, uh, I mean, they, they were warm. It was fine. But, uh, yeah, it was just. Yeah, I think by the end of it, uh, out of, uh, I think, the 12 or 13 of us who, who, who went, I believe that I was the only one that came out of that with dry feet. <laughs> <laughs> you did well then. You did well. I don't think I, I think the well. rest of us were well. all wet feet. Uh, so, so what, yeah. what, what do you reckon, um, what, what was the highlight of the trip for you apart from that commando crawl? For me, it would have been, uh, you know, having full confidence in the weather ceiling of mm. the XT2 and the 5140. Because um, that's something that, you know, a lot of people, especially when they've just picked up a brand new camera, they're, they're, they're very protective of their gear and that they're, they're not, you know, m most people look, I, know, I admit I was one of them, are not willing to kind of subject it to even the slightest, you know, drizzle because in, in fear that, you know, it might cause, you know, some some issues with it. But like I was mentioning earlier, that that camera went through hell and back. Yeah. It, it, it copped the beating and it was still kicking. It was like as new. Mm. Um, you know, it's still sand, you know, behind the LCDs. I still need to clean those out. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the lens itself. And I know I can post some of the photos of, um, you know, of, of, of the conditions as well as, you know, what the, the camera and lens uh, went through. But no issues at all. Absolutely worked fine. And just having that confidence in it and the ability to withstand all Mother Nature and, you know, hail, storms and 50k winds, sands, you know, sea spray, pretty much um, is testament to, to, to the weather ceiling of it. So no, don't, don't, don't be too, uh, I guess, protective of it because just because it's a little bit, you know, a drizzle outside that you're going to stay home and not bring your camera because that's usually where you'll get the best photos, you know, whether it be reflections off the floor from the rain or just the elements. Because one thing people don't realise is when it rains, you'll notice that the grass is a lot greener. You don't even have to use the vivid film mm -hmm. sim. You don't even have to, you know, punch up the, the contrast or saturation for, for, for the greens because it just automatically pops the yeah. you know, after rain. Yeah. So 
you know, a lot of my, my shots didn't require any of those um, mm. um, in, in, in post. So for me, yeah, the highlight was um, just knowing that the Fuji, uh, the Fuji system, the weather ceiling actually lived up to it. You know, it's not yep. just, uh, you know, two letters in, 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 in the model, you know, WR. It's actually there for a reason and, and it works. What about yourself? I, I, can, I can totally back that up. Uh, I was shooting with the X, XH1 and uh, 50 to 140. I, I suppose it's probably just in, in, important to reiterate that the, um, the body is, is weather sealed, but um, you just got to make sure you pair it with a weather seal lens as well. Otherwise, um, you know, all bets are off kind of thing. But also another little handy tip was, um, which I didn't do, but someone later commented is just make sure that you've got the, the hot shoe cap um, slotted in as well and not, not because uh, that completes the seal on the top part where the viewfinder yes. is. You know, even though I, I didn't have it, I was kind of covering that part with my hand when I wasn't using the camera anyway. So my, my, my camera held up fine. Um, when I got home, uh, wiped it off with a with a dry cloth, and and then just left it to air dry, and it was fine. Uh, Fuji, Fuji makes its cameras so that you can actually go out and take a little bit of a beating from the elements and not have to worry about it too much. And this and this isn't the first time for you, also. Um, did did you? Uh, I remember you mentioning that you also took, I think, back in the days, the XT one uh, to was it Iceland. Uh, Alaska. Alaska. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Rena and I are are, are huge um, fans of, of photographing the aurora. So back then, when I had the XT one and I think the X Pro one as well, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we took those those two bodies out in in the middle of the Alaskan winter. Uh, it was probably anywhere between minus fifteen and minus twenty five. Uh, it was probably Jesus. around two a.m. in the morning, and we were out with our tripods camera setup going for you know we're probably doing stints of about three to four hours out in the cold and the cameras held up fine considering that the what wasn't the um the limit was i think subjected to negative 10 yes so if you read the manual it's, it says that but in my experience that the cameras can can take much more than that um batteries held up okay as well I, I kept some spares inside my parker just right next to my warm beating heart and every once in a while I'd, I'd swap them out but they were fine on you know when i finished shooting with with the cameras i popped them back in the bag and then um left it in there to just acclimatize back to room temperature and then con- yep. condensation was an issue wasn't yeah. an issue but yeah f- f- fujifilm so, cameras are are, are are made to withstand they, that, they, that they can cop a beating yeah, yeah so they, they, certainly <laughs> they can, can. cop a beating so essentially that, that's what we're trying to say yeah. But with that said, though, it doesn't mean that you can take it swimming, all right? So no, no. you still need... You we're, know, we're, weather care. resistant, I think, is, is the term and not, not, not waterproof. Term, <laughs> yes, and, and that's something that uh, I think it did come up in a, in a uh, group discussion a while back. Uh, weather resistant versus weatherproof. Yeah. So there is a difference, people. If you don't believe me, all you need to do is just do a Google search. There are standards around weather resistance and there are standards around uh, weather proofing. Okay. But we can probably use that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can probably discuss about that in maybe another segment in, yeah, in a definitely. future episode. The difference, because I think that's something that some people are still getting confused. And if you're buying this camera purely, you know, based on an expectation, it, it's worth knowing what those are before really investing mm. in, in, in a body. So if your, you know, expectation is that it's, it's waterproof, then I'm sorry, but uh, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, cool. and one more highlight just for me from, from the trip was also just to get to hang out with the awesome Fuji X members. And, and the coffee mug. Come on, admit it. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> who, who, who doesn't love a little bit of Fuji, uh, Fuji film merch, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Great coffee cups. I, I used them the other day. They're fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Huge size. Um, but but yeah, just just hanging out with with the Fuji X members. Uh, I mean, after that that grueling ordeal through the, <laughs> through trek, yeah. trekking through through Cape Wilhelmai, uh, we all went yeah. back. We got cleaned up, and then we, we had we had a barbecue, and we were just hanging out. You know, we we some of us brought our onesies. We did a little uh, we did a little group shot. And and uh, had yeah. a huge, you know, just had a had a ball of a time. Dale was so generous with his time. He 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 shared about all his experience with shooting Astro, even though we didn't get to shoot Astro because it was raining. Yeah. But uh, but but still, he he he, you know, he 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 dropped a couple of really good tips about us in terms of lens selection, shutter speeds, yeah. um, you know, composition. Um, and and I just want to give huge props to the man. He's 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 got a heart of gold. He's and and he's he's really genuine about supporting um, um, not just Fujifilm cameras um, you know, because he enjoys using them, but but also the 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 the, the group that he's a part of. Because um, mm. yeah, he's he, he he was just so generous with with his uh, advice, yeah. with his time. And um, yeah, I can't thank the man enough. Yeah, definitely. So uh, huge huge uh, shout out and props to uh, to our man Dado. 
Rogers. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to probably take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to actually interview the man himself. So Dale was, uh, you know, as some of you may already know, and those who are new to the group, Daryl is a phenomenal uh, astrophotographer as well as landscape as well, especially around seascapes. So he was um, our tour guide and took us to famous lookout points and gave us some great tips. So we were fortunate enough to uh, take out uh, you know a, a, a few uh, minutes out of his uh, busy schedule to just interview him and ask a couple of uh, basic questions and, and ask for some tips for anyone who wants to get into the uh, astrophotography scene. So when we come back, we're going to play back for you uh, a quick interview that Ian and I have uh, had with Dale, and uh, hopefully you guys will find it um, uh, useful and uh, you know gain something from it. All right, stay tuned. Welcome back, guys. Uh, so today we have Dale Rogers from Photo Rangers, and uh, he's here today. We're going to give him a quick interview and see uh, what it is that he uh, gets up to here in Phillip Island. So, Dale, welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Ian. It's, nice to be here. It's, it's definitely um, something that's, uh, that, that's quite unique in, in Phillip Island in that there's, there's no light pollution, and it makes sense to actually do you know workshops around uh, astrophotography. So b- before we get into that, um, tell us how you got into Fuji and, and where did it all start? Well, prob- probably like most uh, Fuji shooters, uh, I came from another brand. <laughs> um, I think that's a pretty familiar story in that I was shooting Canon full frame and uh, conducting workshops and carrying two bodies and a few lenses around in the bag and it was very, very heavy. Mm. I was also annoyed that uh, these mirrorless cameras like uh, Sony and Fuji and Olympus were innovating and bringing out new sensors and Canon, I think my Canon was five years old and they hadn't changed the sensor yet. <laughs> and uh, and so I thought, well, I want to try mirrorless and see what this is all about. So I thought, mm. well, I'll buy one as a toy. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh, I went to went to a camera store and I, I held them all and I played with them and immediately loved the Fuji because the dials on the Fuji are like the dials of the old um, the old film cameras. Yep. Uh, if you ever yep. shot with you know, an old, even the old Canon uh, um, AE1s yep. and Nikon, uh, F-series cameras F-series, and yeah. the old Pentax Spotmatics, they all have a, a shutter dial on the right. Uh, most of them you can set the ISO by a, a, a dial or something on the on the left. And they've got the aperture ring on the lenses. And that's what struck And I just went, oh, my God, this is like shooting film again. <laughs> and it's fun. Mm. So that, that so I bought the X-T1 mm-hmm. uh, well, about three and a half years ago, I mm-hmm. guess. And, uh, and I carry it around in my bag with my Canons. And I found that I kept pulling out the Fuji wow. and shooting with it. And uh, <laughs> then at home, looking through photos, I, I couldn't really... Uh, to me, there was no difference in quality other than I kind of like my Fuji photos better than the Conan photos. And, and eventually, I just went, oh, that's it. I sold it all. Sold it all. And, and, and jumped ship. A few more, yeah, bought a few more bodies and lenses, yeah. and that, that's history. Yeah. I mean, did you you know get, get weird looks from people uh, you know when you pull up this little... Uh, a uh, little, little Fuji unit and, and everyone else is using a big uh, full frame bulky DSLR yeah yeah. I think you know initially you, you feel a bit funny about it mm. and I think it's, it's probably your own insecurity more than anything yeah. else um, uh, I, I, we were shooting a, a fireworks display one night and we had front row center there in, in cows ready to go and I just remember this guy coming up to me and Cecilia my, my wife was there and she was shooting with a Nikon D750 and you know big giant wide angle lens and he comes up and he goes Oh, mate, she's got a better camera than you. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but no, I don't don't care anymore. You know, I'm I'm at the stage now that uh, if people can think what they want to think, uh, I'm going to shoot with the camera I like. And Mm. probably my favorite thing that that I enjoy is is conducting workshops or, or being out shooting at mm. night with people and and someone with a, a Canon 5D Mark III or a Mark IV <laughs> or, you know one a big full frame uh, DSLR and and I sit up next to them with my Fuji and we're shooting the Milky Way and and they start looking at the back of my screen and they're looking and they're looking and looking at their screen and looking at their my screen and they're going what settings are you using <laughs> that's that's <laughs> I'm like, awesome. uh, mate I'm using the same ones it's just it's just a Fuji imagine if you yeah. just said some um, auto <laughs> 
<laughs> I would definitely get them. Oh no, that's 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 amazing. And yeah, like, what what's what would your your regular kit be? So once you go out and shooting these, uh, you know, the, these Milky Ways, what would you what would your normal setup be? Well, for night photography, um, I mean, really, you, I guess the key thing is having a fast lens, and so I shoot with the fastest thing I've got. So I usually either use a Samyang twelve millimeter two point mm. Or uh, Fuji 18 millimeter 2.0, mm-hmm. or the Fuji 14 millimeter 2.8. So that's my. I've usually got those in the bag mm. when I'm out shooting at night, and I usually carry a couple of bodies. And one body I'll put put away from the group or away from me, usually up on a hill or mm. kind of out of sight, and I'll have it just shooting on the intervalometer and and uh, running all night, mm. shooting star trails or, or getting a, a time lapse shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other camera I'll have, usually I've got the, the 12 millimeter 2.0 Samyang just because it's the widest, fastest mm. lens I've got in my bag. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And and you shoot with the X-T, uh, the, still the X-T1 or you, you've upgraded that? Uh, so I, I shoot with the X-T1, X-T10 and yep. X-T2. Excellent. Oh, nice, nice. So, yeah. So I've got usually got two two of those in the bag. I, yeah. Actually, it seemed like I'm carrying around the X-T2 and the X-T10 more than anything more these than days. More than anything, yeah. yeah. I found that when I was uh, carrying the X-T2 and the X-T20, I, I found I was, I was going for the X-T20 a lot more than uh, the X-T2 for some some odd reason. And I, I don't know if it's the, uh, you know, the, the, the weight of it or the form factor, even though they're, they're very close um, you know, to each other. But, mm. yeah, for some some strange reason, I always found that I always kept on going back for the uh, smaller uh, little brother of the X-T2. Um, so, so it's quite odd. Um, I, I guess for, for anyone who's interested in shooting astrophotography, I mean, and, and I want to come up to Philip Island to do it, what's, what's the best way that they can contact you? Well, I mean, the easiest way to contact us is through social media. Mm. So you can look at uh, the Photo Rangers Instagram, which is at photo underscore rangers, mm-hmm. or our Facebook page, which you can just go to facebook.com backslash photo rangers, all one word. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got a schedule of events um, usually posted there, and we've got our Astro workshops are listed. Um Coming up, uh, we've got a, a basic workshop on the 30th of June, mm-hmm. and then we've got a, a full weekend workshop where um, we've got accommodation at the Shelter Glamping Co. is part of the the um, the package mm. and a, a four-hour whale cruise, but we're doing a astrophotography um, workshop on the weekend. I believe that's the weekend of the 14th and 15th of July. Of July. Okay. Yep. Excellent. So yeah, if you, if uh, you know, to all our listeners, if you guys are interested in the astrophotography, or even just want a quick weekend away uh, from the urban hustle and bustle, definitely highly recommend to uh, touch base with Dale from uh, Photo Rangers, and also uh, you know just just make a day trip or even a weekend trip down to uh, Phillip Island. There's you know we've been here just just one night, and there's already quite a lot that you can see here. There's you know a lot of uh, great um, uh, lookout points, and for anyone who who, who may not not be into astro even just say landscape definitely highly recommended to to come down at least spend uh, a, a weekend out here in phillip island there's so many that you, that you can see here and some of the shots that you can take is is, is amazing um dale you're, you've been with us for quite some time probably one of the originals um i, I guess one thing i wanted to, to ask um is you know what, what are your thoughts on photography community similar to to the fuji x oz and, and the, the importance that it plays uh for for brands in, in this case such as you know fuji film what's what's your thoughts on that uh well i mean i'm a i'm a big believer in uh um online communities Mm. and i've seen a lot of different kinds and uh we run we run an online community as well with with over a thousand members it's part of it's a photo rangers community and much like the fuji xrs which i think is is quite similar in the tone um i think if the if the community is properly moderated Mm. and um and uh, monitored and you keep some of the trolls out yes. <laughs> it's, it's a great way for people to learn yeah. it's a way for people to connect it's a way for people to, to ask questions in an environment that um, you know they, that's safe mm. and I see some of the online communities out there and people ask questions and there's some ridicule there's some pretty nasty comments and yeah. um, I know I know you and the Fuji XOS community doesn't put up with that mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't put up with it in, in a community I run either mm. and and, uh, and I think that's what makes it uh, um, uh, nice. And I think, I mean, for Fuji, I think Fuji XRs is 
brilliant because I, I see people come in and they go, oh, I'm thinking about getting a Fuji. Yeah. And then they see the community there. Yeah. And that community is they're so robust, uh, so enthusiastic and uh, so helpful that it just sucks you in. You know, you're like, <laughs> I need to get one. Yeah, I want to be part of this. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and you see a lot of posts, yeah, definitely from, uh, uh, you know, new members, but also from existing who, you know, ask for recommendations mm. around, say, for example, they're traveling overseas and what are some of the, the, the lens choices that's out there and what other people would actually recommend. And I've seen that and, and, and the responses that we get from our uh, from, from our community is, is, is such a welcoming sight because, you know, we, we've all been a part of, groups or other photography groups where you know it ends up being a dumping ground for you know uh, unboxing photos you know of their yeah. gear yeah. and it's always about the gear as opposed to you know them being out there shooting you know astro or portraits and uh, food photography and things like that. so I think we've got a, like a such a very diverse uh, community um, you know you got a bit of landscapes mm. astro um, street street yeah, we, we have quite a lot of street photographers and I think it's it's definitely something that um, you know, is paving the way for 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 you know these type of communities or similar communities in that you, you want to kind of build on that uh, community aspect of it, not just um, everyone everyone for themselves and who you know who who takes the better photos. And that's something that we've mm, kind of mm. strived for since you know since day dot since the beginning. You know, a community where it's uh, where, where we we can bring together other like-minded individuals who share the same passion, mm. and that passion being both photography as well as uh, the Fuji film. Um, ecosystem and I think it's definitely come a long way so yeah, yeah. I, I mean what I see is different is in some other um, manufacturers you know social communities there's a lot of bashing of other brands mm. and a lot of we're superior because X Y and Z <laughs> and I, I think in, in the Fuji community which mirrors kind of my own view is it's not about really the it's not about the camera mm. the camera is not going to take a better picture you know this camera or a Sony camera mm. or a Nikon camera you're going to get a good shot yeah. if you know what you're doing yeah so that, that's kind of irrelevant. For me, Fuji is about having fun and enjoying what you're using. Mm. It's the actual tool itself. Is, it's a tool. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's a tool, it's, isn't but it? It's, but it's, it's fun to use. Mm. So it's not that my Fuji X-T2 will take a better better picture than my wife's Sony you know, A7 Mark III. Mm. I, I'm, I'm not going to debate that. I won't even go in there. Mm. But... I enjoy using the Fuji a lot more. Yeah. And it's fun. And yeah. I think that's what the, the community that, that you've got reflects that it's fun. It's, it's fun. not about superiority or one some well, this is better than another. Yeah. Mm. And even, you know, the various Fuji cameras. There's no you know, you gotta have an X H one or you're not you're not top of the right you're not top yeah. dog here. Or in this case a GFX. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or no, GFX, that's right. Which is be beyond you know ninety nine percent of our community's reach. But um, yeah, I mean it's you know what you said is pretty much on the dot there. And I think uh, people start to kind of uh, lose sight of that, that, you know, you, you invest in, in, in a system that, that, you know, obviously is fun to use, um, that you're happy with and, you know, you're, you're happy with the image quality that, that you get from it. And not, not to compare, you know, with, with other, you know, other brands out there. It, it's, it's easy to see, oh, but, you know, such and such is releasing this with better technology and, you know, you're trying to always compare, okay, well, are we getting our best value for money? And, um, you know, I think we sometimes lose sight because we're so focused on that yeah. that we forget about, hey, what was it like to actually get out there yeah. and, and start shooting? So what I did recently was, you know, I traded up uh, my XT20 and uh, got uh, the X100F and it just reignited the spark and because you know mm. as a photographer we all go through that downturn don't we yeah. right where you know you, you you get a new toy you're you know you're wrapped about it you go out you shoot and then something happens maybe you know with social with work um, and then you kind of you know start taking a step back and you kind of lose that passion yeah. and I kind of went down that, that spiral th- mm. for, for a second until I picked up the X100F and it just reignited the, yeah. the, the spark and I, and I loved it I, I never put that um, that camera down now so it's always in my bag or in my pocket um, you know I always pick that over you know my mate C20 now and, and it's an amazing little little camera and I think that's what um, you know I, I think people need to just uh, re- yeah. remember and not lose sight of that you know that form factor that, that fun factor well I think it's I mean it is it's about um, you're creating art Hmm. and you're having fun and it's not for me it's not about the technology I mean we you know I shoot film as well hmm. and that's ancient technology nowadays <laughs> and and you know but but going back and shooting film after shooting digital for hmm. a long time it really makes me it, it helps me realize that it's not about my equipment 
Mm. I, my, actually, I shoot with the X-T10 almost as much as I do the X-T2, even mm. though the sensor is better and it's better. The X-T2 is a better camera because it just depends on which camera has which lens on it. I carry, you know, I, use, <laughs> I always carry two cameras, yeah. one, one usually with a tele and one with a wide. Mm. And um, but it doesn't matter. I'm not really, I'm not really concerned about mm. the latest and greatest because I've shot photos on the X-T10 that are brilliant. And I love mm. a, a, a camera with a better sensor probably won't get me that much better of a photo mm. so uh, you know I'm just I'm happy I'm just having fun basically yeah happy with what I've got <laughs> excellent all right we've probably got time for one more question so now for those who are just getting into astrophotography what would be your number one tip to give to them uh, invest in a lens so look look for a, a lens that's 2.8 or faster so 2.8 2.0 and wide so mm. you know shooting astro if um, the wider the lens the longer you can leave your shutter open without getting um, movement in the stars. In the stars, yep. So that's a wide great tip, actually. Yeah, yeah. And what sort of shutter speeds do you normally well, shoot at? Well, so I, so the typical setting that we use, and and probably ninety percent of the time when I'm out, especially when you're in a, a situation where you don't have moon, the moon giving you lots of light pollution, is ISO thirty two hundred, aperture wide open, so two point eight or two point depending on what you have. And again, depending upon the width of your lens, anywhere from 20 to 30 seconds. Mm. And that's, you know, I usually stick, put my camera on a two second delay on a tripod, uh, infinity focus, mm-hmm. and away you go. I mean, I love Fuji because you can actually, if the lens doesn't have an infinity mark on it, the camera, you can actually turn oh, on yes. uh, um, the, uh, the dig- uh, digital scale. The digital scale yeah. on the back to find your infinity. Yeah, that's actually a good one. Yeah. Excellent. Well, look, thank you, Dale. Thank you for joining us. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate you taking the time to come out here and, uh, you know, give, give us this interview. Uh, so those who don't know, so Dale uh, from Photo Rangers uh, does regular workshops. And, uh, you know, if you guys you know, ever in the area or think of uh, making a trip down to Phillip Island, um, yeah, just, just uh, hit him up and see if he's got any upcoming uh, workshops and maybe, uh, you know, attends uh, one or two of those and uh, learn, learn a thing or two in, in Astro. All right, Dale, look, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Okay, welcome back again, guys. And hopefully that interview with Dale uh, is, you know, giving you guys a bit more better insight into the world of uh, astrophotography as well as, uh, you know, Fujifilm in general. And uh, hopefully maybe some of you guys may have found that uh, inspirational as well. Um, I know that for me, certainly seeing Dale in his elements, um, you know, was was, was definitely um, motivational for me and made me want to get out there, you know, more often and maybe have um, another day trip uh, just just for myself and out out to Phillip Island and and take a little bit more um, a slower approach to to seascape photography and really appreciate it for for what it is. And it's definitely not a walk in the park. So that's something that I was not expecting. So, you know. If the weather was nice, it would have been a walk in the park. The the weather, (laughs) if the weather was nice, it would have been a walk in the park, but uh, especially when you're living on the coast, Hmm. when you're living, you know, along the coast, the weather's unpredictable, just like Melbourne's weather. It comes and goes and you can't really rely on the forecasts. And uh, that's that's something that just need to be mindful for anyone who, who's, you know, planning to venture out to um, you know, similar areas. So what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about some tips uh, that, that we'll like to share with you guys. So, uh, Ian, do you have a tip that you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, yeah, just a, a simple one. Um, for me, I often format my cards. And before I learned this tip, I always had to go into the, the camera menus, you know, hit the menu button, scroll all the way down to the spanner and, and then find the format option. But then I, I found that there is this uh, physical shortcut on your camera. So what you do is, and this only works on cameras that have a rear command dial that you can actually press in. So the the way you format your, your card using this shortcut is is you hold down the trash button and you count to two or maybe three seconds if you're on the XH1. But you hold yep, down. I'm actually doing this on my X100F, by the way. So yeah, so you, you, you hold down the trash button, count to right. two, and then yep. push in the rear command dial. And that should bring up right. the format menu. Oh, but it does too. Hey, presto. Okay, aha. Uh-huh. So instead of going through the, so okay, so I'm with you now because yeah, that's right. The conventional way is to go into your menu, yep. down to the spanner menu, into 
user settings yes and then format yes so that's that's well, like that's how four, many, four or five steps. Four, five presses. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Was this method, leaving a thing on the trash button, I'm going to do it again for two seconds. Yep, hold the trash button for two seconds and then push in your rear command dial. If, if two yeah, seconds, if nothing happens, it means you haven't held down the trash button for long hold enough. So, so if you want to be safe, hold down the trash button and count to three and then push in the rear command dial. Wow. Did you just stumble upon this yourself? I read it somewhere, um, and and I, and I reckon it might be a good idea to you know just put together a, a, a short list of of some of the the, the camera shortcuts. Because um, I can tell you right now that the main the, the menu doesn't give you these type of shortcuts. No, no, that, that, there's, the there's, there's nothing in the manual. That's right. It it'll, it's you know some yeah. some clever or sneaky Fuji engineer has said, hey, I'm just going to put these in as like little Easter eggs, and and yeah. we'll, 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 we'll <laughs> see we'll we'll see who amongst the uh, the Fuji community likes to press all these buttons and work things out. I wonder, I wonder how many more. So there you go, listeners. Here's a challenge for everyone in the community. Play around and see what other combinations you can find or stumble across. And we claim no responsibility if you somehow brick your camera by pressing all these <laughs> buttons. I seriously don't know what else it, it does. But, uh, yeah, what, what, what other things <laughs> it's capable of doing? Um, yeah. Okay. And, uh, ha- and how about you, Joe? Uh, you, you got a, you got a, you got a, uh, a tip for us? Well, it's more sort of a hack than a tip, really. So oh. m- most. Oh, most cool! I love hacks. My, yeah. So, so most people already see my my latest blog on the um, teleconverter lens. This so, is for the uh, what the the X100. Yeah, for the X100F uh, specifically. So anyone who who owns an X100F, and I know that uh, there's been a couple of keen buyers, uh, you know, asking <laughs> the comparison between the XE3, the, you know, X100Fs. So I know that there are some keen, keen buyers out there. So anyone who's just purchased or have the X100F, just know that you don't have to buy the Mark II teleconverters. They cost you an arm and a leg, so they're roughly about $450 recommended retail price, and that's before the, um, you know, any, any group discounts. And they're also not subject to the cashback, I don't believe. So there's one way you can get the same results of a Mark II by modifying the older previous Mark One teleconverter lenses. So I, I've provided a detailed step in my blog, but uh, you know, just a quick overview. All you need is obviously the old version of the teleconverter lens, whether it be the teleconverter or the wide converter lens, and a 20 cent little two by one mil magnet and some super glue. <laughs> and by placing by you know by placing that magnet in a specific location on that teleconverter lens, you can then screw that onto your X100F and it'll automatically detect whether it's a teleconverter lens or a wide converter lens that you'll put on. So it's a very handy uh, handy tip because you know if you don't have that, you have to manually toggle that profile on and off. Now, if you're someone like me who constantly forgets, you're going to have the wrong profile. So you may accidentally uh, have it selected on a teleconverter, but you haven't got the actual teleconverter uh, lens on or vice versa. Because once you turn off your camera and then you unscrew the, the, the teleconverter lens, you sometimes forget to actually toggle it off the profile. And some people say, yeah, well, you can just easily uh, assign it to a button. But then that just means that you'll now sacrifice that one button, which could have been used for something else you know, to just purely this uh, teleconverter uh, profile toggle. So for me, I found it was a very quick, easy hack. Um, I purchased the teleconverter lens for roughly $130 for my fellow Fuji XRs member, and then just went to eBay, bought a couple of those two by one batteries for about $2 and gave me 20. Yeah, stuck it on and it works like a charm. Uh, Optically, it's the same. I I don't see any difference between the Mark II and the Mark I. Uh, Physically, there might be some some slight uh, differences, but otherwise, can't even tell the difference. So that's my tip. Uh, so anyone who has a X100F and keen on uh, you know converting a Mark One teleconverter lens, send me a PM or just look up on our website, the blog section. I've got a, a detailed step-by-step guide on that. Awesome. All right. So I think that's pretty much what we have time. And you know, this particular episode has gone a little bit over. So the aim of these uh, podcast episodes is to really be anywhere between 25 to 30 minutes. It's, it's not designed to be your lengthy one-hour episodes. I think this first episode is probably an exception. Um, we're going to try and, you know, put a little bit more structure into it. And like I was saying earlier, guys, you know, as we do more and
and release more of these episodes. We'll, we'll find our groove, we'll find our rhythm, and hopefully we'll be a bit more free-flowing as opposed to kind of all over the place. So please bear with us. So to finish off, I'd just like to say that, um, you know, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the Anchor.fm podcast app, please use the voice message function and send us uh, some feedback on what you think this first episode is or, or what are some of the discussion topics you'd like to hear. And, um, you know, and we'll, and we'll play that back in the next episode. Uh, also, you know, if, if you guys are unaware, we've launched the official Fuji XOz website. So that is at www.fujixoz.com.au. It's got a gallery section. It's got a blog section, which you know a number of our own member community uh, community members uh, are contributors, where they actually write uh, blog posts. So it's really specific and aimed for our community. Um, we've also got the podcast section in there as well, so you can also listen on there. All right, look, thanks, guys. Um, Ian, any last departing words? No, not really. Um, hop onto the, the FujiX Oz uh, Facebook group, you know, post some images, um, ask some questions or share some of your experience and tips. Um, look, we, we're a vibrant community, but we rely on participation to keep things active and um, yeah, and, and, and look out for events happening near you. Excellent. All right. Thanks, guys. That's all we have time for. Stay tuned for the next episode. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye. If you're looking for an active, friendly Fuji community in Australia, come and check us out at FujiXOz on Facebook or visit our website at www.fujixoz.com.au.